What is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you have heard me talk about individual products and give a breakdown on what they do and what I think of them. I've talked about tools that you should be using and de-influencing things that you don't need to be buying, especially if you're a new furniture refinisher. But today, I wanted to bring you the bare basics of a beginner's guide to supplies needed for a furniture makeover or for your first few furniture makeovers. I think this is a really important and needed episode because it can get super costly and inevitably the costs are going to be higher the first few times that you do a furniture makeover just because you probably don't have a lot of the things sitting around in your house, unless you're already a DIYer or maybe live with somebody who likes to paint or do home improvement projects. And if you're a longtime lurker, you've probably seen a ton of these products on social media being talked about. You've probably seen different options, different brands of similar products and diverse tools that you could be getting and products for different applications. And you might, you know, want to get it all, which is fair. I know it's very tempting. Social media will do that to you. But the reality is it's going to get it pretty expensive and things are costing way more now, even compared to three years ago when I started doing this work. I've seen some people posting reels comparing the costs of common furniture refinishing items and products from 2020 compared to 2023. And the difference is pretty staggering. So safe to say you could easily empty out your pocket if you got ahead of yourself. But I want to encourage you to be really thoughtful with your purchases. It can be really easy to want to do all the research and buy all the things because that makes you feel like you're preparing and you're doing all the things that you need to do in order to complete the makeover without actually dipping your toes in and actually doing the makeover. So when you are looking at your first project or the next project that you're going to be doing and you are considering what you need to purchase in order to complete said project, I want you to take a step back and be really thoughtful when you are deciding what you're going to purchase. Ask yourself, is this product or this tool or whatever it may be something that I'll likely only use once? And if so, do I maybe have something else that I could MacGyver together to make it work for that purpose just this one time? Do I maybe know somebody that might have that thing that I could borrow? Could I ask my neighbor? Is it something that I could rent if it's something like a tool that you might need? Because the reality is if you haven't done a furniture makeover yet and maybe you know you have the intention of trying to sell some pieces and make some extra income for yourself. That is a great plan. Always here if you have questions. But You don't really know if you're going to like it yet. You might like watching people do it online, but it's kind of a very different thing when you are actually doing it. And I will let you know right now that there is a lot more time involved with doing an actual makeover than having it condensed into a 90 second reel. So don't get ahead of yourself and go buying all these things and making this huge investment and filling up your supplies cupboard before you even know if this is something that you really want to do. And if you are someone who has felt the pressure and felt like there are so many things out there and we're getting nervous because maybe you want to try this thing out and maybe you do think that it could turn into an income source for you, but you know, you still don't know yet. 
and you were feeling the pressure of having to purchase all of these crazy things that people are recommending online, don't worry. Take a deep breath, listen through this podcast episode, and I hope it will reassure you that it really doesn't take all that much in order to complete a bare bones furniture makeover. Get the basics, use them until they no longer are able to do the things that you need them to do, and then invest in more things. Because let me tell you, there is nothing worse than having to constantly reorganize all of your supplies and your products that you have and make room for it and find better organization systems. And this is coming from me with a full-time business doing this. So I can only imagine that it would be exceptionally annoying if it was just a fun pastime or a hobby for you. So reel yourself in and don't get ahead of yourself. My biggest recommendation is to only buy things as you need them and never before because you may come across a product or something that's recommended by somebody online that you think looks really cool and you would love to use and would love to do a design like that on your piece or something like that. But unless you have a piece in front of you that you intend on starting in the very near future, like this week, and you intend on using that product on that piece, just wait that product's not going to go anywhere. They won't discontinue it. There might be a little bit of a sale on right now that maybe you'll miss out on, but you'll have the time to think of if you actually need it. And if the piece that you were envisioning it on is really going to end up needing it too. For example, I was once working with a custom client and her daughter lived with her and wanted a couple pieces done, but she was busy. She was in the midst of a move she had just gotten engaged so probably was going to start jumping into wedding planning and we had gone over the intentions for what she wanted to do for the custom project but it wasn't set in stone with like a date and I didn't have a deposit from her yet or anything but we had talked about putting these clay molds on the well I guess not the molds like clay appliques onto it so I was going to purchase the molds that we had picked out that would work well with the design that we had in mind and so before I had any of those things set in stone I went and I purchased those molds and wouldn't you know I had reached out to her after the fact a little while later and never heard back which is all good it happens but then I had these molds that I didn't necessarily need definitely can't return And I'll find a use for them eventually. And it's a good thing that I do this so often that I had this, but it was essentially just wasted money because I got ahead of myself and got excited about trying out a new thing, right? It's so easy to do. Don't worry if this has happened to you too. But when you do go through that checklist and ask yourself, do I really need to get this thing? Do I need to get it now? When you do decide to buy as well, make sure that you put a bit of time into researching to make sure that you're getting the best price for it or getting a good deal. (laughs) Because as you know, I am very cheap. So I'm always going to recommend you get a good deal. And here's how you do some of those things. First up, always look for sales. You can sign up to that retailer's email list, you'll probably get like a 10 or 15% discount. Or if it's a time of a year when there will be sales coming up, i.e. Black Friday, which is coming soon, or Boxing Day, or if it's something like a tool around Father's Day, that kind of stuff probably would be going on sale. Think of those kinds of upcoming events or seasons, and maybe it would be worthwhile waiting a little while to get to that point in time to see if it goes on sale. If it's more of a big ticket item and a holiday is approaching, like 
Christmas, your birthday, something like that, add it to your wish list, get somebody else to pay for it. You can also try adding the item if you're going to purchase it online into your cart as long as you have an account with that manufacturer, add it to your cart and then just close out of that window and abandon the cart. You might get an email in a couple minutes, maybe a day later saying, are you still interested in these things? Here's a discount. And if nothing else, look for affiliate codes from your favorite creators that you love and you want to support and see if you can save some money using their codes as well. A little shameless plug for my Fusion Mineral Paint and Surf Prep Sanding codes, which will be linked in the show notes of this episode and are always linked in my bio on Instagram if you ever want to check them out to save 10% on all their products. And then another thing that I recommend you adding to your checklist is whether or not the thing that you're looking for, there is a cheaper product or alternative that you could do instead of purchasing that product that might just require some extra time or maybe some extra effort to accomplish the task that the product was going to complete. And then ask yourself if there is, is it more worthwhile for me to do that instead of purchasing that thing so I can save some money? Like hand sanding versus using an electric sander, something like that. Or maybe a stripper versus a sander stripper might have to sit a little bit longer, but you won't have to do as much effort in order to get that finish off. Like think about those kinds of things. And then another thing that will help to save money too is look around your house for things that you might already have that you could use before investing in something that might be a little bit more specific to the use of furniture refinishing, but will save you from going out to get it, or maybe it would just save you money because this thing will do the same thing and you can just call it a day. So some examples of this would be using Dawn dish soap in your warm water to clean your pieces instead of using TSP or looking around your house and grabbing some microfiber cloths that you use for cleaning instead of using a tack cloth or shop towels for cleaning your piece. You can also switch out and use painter's tape if you have that sitting around from painting your house instead of purchasing frog tape. The lines aren't quite as crisp, but it's definitely totally fine to use to mark off any things you don't want getting gummed up with paint, like hinges or something like that. And if it's some of your first few pieces too, look around to see if you have any existing paint or stain sitting around, again, from a previous project, maybe from painting your house or from another craft or DIY project in the past, maybe someone else in your household has some sitting around from an old project and use that to practice instead of buying the expensive paint or stain that an influencer convinced you is different from the rest and you absolutely need on social media. When you're starting out, just getting the hang of it and figuring out the steps and trying to get a feel for all those things is more important than getting the latest and greatest thing because ultimately if you've never done it before you probably won't get the same benefits that someone who's more seasoned in this work would and would be able to tell the difference between two products versus just trying to get the hang of things and seeing that before and after actually come to life. So if you're just starting out and you are tackling your first or first few furniture makeovers If you aren't doing anything super advanced on your piece or anything too crazy or intricate, which I recommend you don't for the first few times just to get the hang of it, 
you're just going to need the basics. You're going to need a way to clean the piece, a way to do minor repairs on it if needed, a way to scuff sand or sand the piece, then prime it, then stain or paint it, and then protect it with a top coat. Those are your bare bones steps and the products that you're going to need are as follows. So I mentioned Dawn dish soap. That works just as well to clean your pieces. You just put a couple drops of it into some warm water, mix that up to get it nice and soapy, and then use that to clean your entire piece. The difference between your average soap versus Dawn is that it has degreasing agents in it. Take a look. Your kitchen soap might have it as well, but look for that degreasing ability because that's what we're looking for to get rid of all the grease and grime that's kind of worked into that finish of the furniture piece from over the years. So that works just as well if you want to use something more specific for furniture refinishing. I use TSP, which is trisodium phosphate, which is a degreaser and a deglosser that helps to clean it as well as degloss any piece that I'm working on. Fairly inexpensive. I get it from Home Depot, but again, Dawn does the trick. And then in order to clean the piece, like I said, see if you have any microfiber cloths sitting around. You can go grab some of those. I just get mine from the dollar store in like a four pack or grab shop towels, which are those blue, like in between a paper towel and fabric kind of looking towels. If you've ever seen them, they come in kind of like a paper towel roll similar to what you would put on your countertop, but they're a little bit more heavy duty and they work great. I will say, take a look at the price. I don't pay any more than maybe like $3 a roll for the ones that I get. And I usually go and look in the automotive section versus over in the DIY projects and furniture refinishing stuff, because for some reason I find that it's kind of sometimes cheaper over there. That's what they were originally used for, I believe. Okay, and so then once we have cleaned the piece thoroughly, a reminder that you're going to want to, after you wash the whole piece, you're going to want to go back with just a clean cloth that's damp and wipe it down to get rid of any residue. Then you're moving on to repairs, if there are any that are needed for your piece. So for this, I kind of think the thing you'll need the most is just a screwdriver, really, because you're going to want to get the hardware that's on that piece off, and then that's going to help tighten any screws that might be loose on the piece. That's kind of the most common repair that I come across. It's just things have gotten wobbly and need to be tightened up. For the best bang for your buck, I recommend getting a screwdriver with multiple heads. So it's called a multi-bit screwdriver where basically the other heads sit in the base of the screwdriver and then you can switch out the top based on, you know, whatever type of screw you come across. I also personally prefer to use a ratcheting screwdriver, which basically, how do I describe this? Like you don't need to turn the screwdriver the whole way like you don't have to do a full rotation you can do a half rotation and then bring it right back from where you came from and it will continue to screw or unscrew the piece because it has that uh, functionality in it kind of hard to describe unless you see it but it saves a lot of time and just like fumbling because I'm a fairly clumsy person and I'm left-handed so everything's harder for me I like to think just a little personal victimization I put on myself so a screwdriver is key. 
And if you don't have a multi-head screwdriver, then having different screwdrivers with the Phillips head and the square and the flat one, whatever they're called, they all come in handy. And then depending if you need to do some other repairs, you may need some wood glue and maybe a couple clamps because that's the next most common thing I see is things just needing to be re-glued. Things like dresser drawers sometimes starting to come loose. There might be some stuff that's going awry inside the dresser itself, that kind of thing. So just re-gluing and clamping those pieces in place for ideally like overnight if you can. It's going to make sure that everything's nice and tight and good. And let the size of the piece determine the size of the clamps that you get. Sometimes you just need a small one that is kind of just like a tiny little handheld one, but sometimes you need longer ones or really long ones in order to reach around what you need it to. So I just recommend acquiring those clamp sizes as you need them, and then you'll eventually have a good collection with some different sizes. It can get expensive. I still don't have all the clamps that I would ideally like to. I need to get a few more really large ones. But again, I'm waiting to invest in those things until either I come across a project that I need to utilize all of those on. Actually, if I'm being honest, there's one in the garage I've been putting off that does need them, but just waiting till I see a good multi-pack deal and then I'll invest in that. And if your repairs are going to require something like cutting pieces of wood, making cuts, if you are purchasing the wood from a hardware store or something, check and see if they'll do those cuts for you for free or even for a small cost. Places like Home Depot will cut your wood for free if you, I think up to two, maybe three cuts for free. And then I think they charge you a small fee if you need to do multiple pieces but like if you're just nice to the person too they'll probably just do it and if it's something that you are using with scrap wood that you already have or something I always recommend starting out like just do things manually with like a handsaw if you're able to much cheaper it's a little bit more flexible in terms of what you can do with it versus having to invest in a large tool the first electric tool or cutter or whatever that I bought was a jigsaw and it could do a lot of things. I would recommend that. It was pretty cheap to get one. I actually just got mine used on Marketplace for like 10 or $20 from somebody. It's like old as hell, but it still works. Couple speed settings. It's all you need. Okay, so then we are going to be either sanding or scuff sanding the piece. And for this, you will need sandpaper of varying grits. I would recommend getting a multi-pack from the hardware store that will have a few different grits in it, some lower, some mid, and some high grit, because you are going to want to use the lower grits to get that finish off, scuff it up, and then the higher the grits you utilize, the smoother the finish will be, and the finer it will be, and the more it will close those wood pores. So it depends what you want to do. You're going to want to fully sand it. If you're going to be staining, just scuff sand if you are painting. And something that will help you out obviously would be an electric sander if you're going to try and sand it all the way down. Again, that's a bit of an investment. So if you're not interested in doing that, I would also, I'd probably regardless recommend getting a carbide scraper. This is a tool that will help you to manually remove the finish by scraping it off. It's 20, 30 bucks, lasts forever, and it's a small tool. It's not an electric thing, so it's not super expensive. 
you could get the large majority of the finish off using that and then just finish off by hand sanding, even if you're going to be sanding, sorry, staining the piece. So keep that in mind instead of having to invest in an electric sander. But if you want to, that's an option too. Again, find ways to get them less expensive, or maybe it's just something that you rent for the day. Up to you. Then you're going to need to get a paint tray and paint rollers, as well as the frame for the paint rollers. And I buy a multi-pack of rollers just so I have them available. You'll also likely need some paint stir sticks. These you can get free at your hardware store. Just grab a handful the next time that you go. Go to their paint section. They probably have them sitting on the counter. They're free to the taking. That's just to make sure that your products are thoroughly mixed up so that all the pigments are properly mixed and that the color is nice and consolidated if you're going to be painting. And if you're going to be painting, you're going to need at least one paintbrush, probably, unless you have fully flat pieces on your furniture piece. If you need any recommendations for paintbrushes, check out episode 18 that goes over my favorites that are worth the hype. And again, just acquire paintbrushes as you go and as you need them. So just get the sizes or the shapes that you'll need for that specific piece that you're working on. And then over time, you'll develop a collection because as you'll hear in that episode, I have so many paintbrushes and I don't use the large majority of them all that often because I got excited and I wanted to buy all of them from certain lines and stuff because they're so fun to get but you really don't need that many and you'll find that you have ones that you gravitate towards for one reason or another and you'll just use those on repeat and so that's kind of the basics it's not that many things like I said but you don't need that many things two optional but useful things to have are also a can opener which is like a dollar or something I would recommend grabbing one of those. You can use a screwdriver or something. I just find it helpful to have a can opener and keep it in the same place all the time or else you will lose it. But just knowing where it is and being able to quickly and efficiently open up a can of whatever product I'm using is very helpful. And I always wear a headlamp when I'm working in the garage. I thought this is what a lot of people did, but I posted about this recently on Instagram and a lot of people were like, mind blown. Of course, why did I think of this? I just always use my phone. So grab a headlamp. I just use the one that we take when we go camping. So you could definitely get them at camping stores, but I'm sure they're at Home Depot or something like that as well. Definitely on Amazon, but put that on. You can usually, if it's a good one, you can rotate it, whether you're looking straight on or down at something or up and you need to move it around. There's different brightness levels. Very, very handy to have. And in addition to all of these things that I've gone through in this episode, make sure that you're always wearing and thus purchase. Do it at the forefront. Just get all the things that you need, the relevant safety equipment. And you can check out episode 47 uh, as well as 63 that discusses the needed safety equipment and safety gear that you need while refinishing furniture. And you can learn a little bit about why those things are necessary and how they are helping to protect you and your body. And something that you may not know about me, I love little motivational messages. They always keep me fired up and I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the notes app on my phone. So I end every podcast episode with one that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is... 
a quote from the book by Mark Manson called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and it is as follows. If we follow the do-something principle, failure feels unimportant. When the standard of success becomes merely acting, when any result is regarded as progress and important, when inspiration is seen as a reward rather than a prerequisite, we propel ourselves ahead. We feel free to fail, and that failure moves us forward. So remember to follow that do-something principle. Whether you've been thinking about taking on your first furniture makeover, congratulations, I'm so excited for you, I hope you love it. Or if it's something else in your life that you've been putting off, don't wait for that motivation. You have to take the action first to find the motivation. And don't worry about doing the wrong thing or screwing it up or failing at it. Because when you're following that do something principle, The standard of success is just acting, just doing the thing. Any result that you have is considered progress because you just did the thing. So if you are looking at your house right now that is looking like a tornado ripped through it, or you are looking at your to-do list for the day and it feels like you're barely keeping your head above water, if you have been trying to work towards a goal and you're seeing the end of the year looming and you're like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to start? Take that pressure off of yourself to complete the thing, do the thing perfectly, attain the goal right away, and just tell yourself something that I'm just going to do something and choose something off that list, choose a thing that needs to get done around the house, choose a room that you want to tackle, Look at that goal that you have and break it down into smaller steps and choose the first thing that you can do and just do it. Just take that action. It's not that deep. Just do it. You know, I have 15 minutes. I'm just going to do something right now. And guess what? When you do, success. You did something. I didn't ask you to do it good. I didn't ask you to do it perfect. I didn't say that that kitchen floor had to be absolutely spotless, but I wanted to see it vacuumed and mopped. And it looks like you did that, and that's pretty cool. Looks like you can check that off your to-do list now. Kind of feels good, doesn't it? Maybe you want to do the next thing on the list now. Maybe you're getting into the groove of it, and it feels enjoyable. Or you're going to put on a podcast. Oh, wait, you're already doing that. You're going to put on a playlist after this podcast, and you're going to get into the groove, and you're going to work through the rest of that list. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be the best we can be and do everything to the best of our abilities and be perfect all the time when at the end of the day, the things that need to get done just need to get done and nobody other than ourselves are really going to notice if we don't do it perfectly. So throw all of those worries that you have in your fuck it bucket and just do something this week, today, tomorrow, the rest of the days for the rest of your life. It's so much more freeing. It takes any pressure off of you so you can put your focus and your worries into things that are actually worthy of that and you can move a lot more later through this world. All right, that's it for now. I appreciate your time and I will catch you guys next week.